and welcome to episode 613 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, November 9th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined again by Justin Mason. Justin, how's it going? I've missed you. Missed you too, buddy. <laughs> we really needed you out in Arizona. We had a good time, but uh, next year, you're there. Gotta be. Gotta yeah, happen. Yeah, I, I definitely will be. Did, did you enjoy the podcast with uh, um, Eno and Jason uh, on Emily? That I mean, that seemed like that must been, must have been a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time out there. I had uh, Emily. Though. Emily was really strong on the prospects um, because, you know, none of the three of us are like heavy prospect guys. We can talk about some some prospects, but all three of us are pretty uh, heavily focused on major leaguers. And so to have somebody who can actually talk about it instead of us kind of given our passing thoughts on a game that we saw that uh, we probably weren't paying full attention to, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense. If it was after the Rising Stars game, we'd at least have one game of like Serious analysis, but that's still one game. Emily covers uh, prospects over at the Athletic, so she was perfect. Avon, uh, Eno, you know, we got the late slot. I did that on purpose, folks. You're welcome. I did not think there was any world where Eno wouldn't have a couple pops before coming on. And you got the sleeper in the butts. You'll you'll understand, Justin, when you listen. But uh, I, I, there was... I won't be listening. I listened to the first uh, five to ten minutes. But after and that, it felt bad. well, it felt like uh, um, having to listen to your wife, uh, you know, do some other dude. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, like there was a lot of butt chatter. Yeah. Well, I mean, it you know, was really, really interested in talking butts. Like, I, I didn't so. want to listen to you cheat on me with three <laughs> other people that like it's like my worst nightmare. Uh, so no, well, I'm, I'm back. We've we've reconciled and and we're back ready to go. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of news, um, and then we're going to get back into the draft that that I had out there as a jumping point to talk about guys because we're also in a draft. So where those guys were also taken in our draft, we'll kind of loop that in. Uh, we're in the pitcher list uh, industry draft that that he's running, the mock draft that Nick Pollock has put together. We've got Rasball, me, Nick. DVR, Brent Hershey, DJ Short, Eno, Scott Bogman, Steve Gardner, Bobby Sylvester, Al Melchior, and then yourself. That's in the draft order. So it's a 12-teamer. Um, and so some of the guys that, that you wanted to bring up from the draft I had last Friday will all, have also gone. So we'll have another data point to kind of talk about. But before we get into any of that, I want to talk about some of the news that's out there, including this, this rather sizable trade. It's probably a bigger deal on the uh, real-life landscape than fantasy, if only because the fantasy values aren't going to change that much. But it's basically this Mike Zanino for Malik Smith deal. Guillermo Heredia and a couple of uh, prospects are involved, one on each side, but they're really you know, ancillary to this. This is a Mike Zanino for Malik Smith deal. Now, those of you who are you know, kind of fully in on, on stuff like this and uh, you know, really sharp on paying attention to this might know that uh, Malik Smith was briefly a Seattle Mariner. So very briefly. He was traded the same day he was acquired. 78 minutes. 78 minutes as a Mariner. And they ended up moving him uh, with Ryan Yarbrough for Drew Smiley, who I don't think ever pitched for Seattle. So that deal didn't go so well. Uh, but now they got him back. And and again, so it's basically for Zanino here. And, you know, you and I have made no bones about how we feel about Mike Zanino. Primarily on the fantasy landscape, I freely admit that he's a quality real-life catcher and so that his defense, defense play. Let's talk about this deal. Let's start with Mal 
Alex Smith going out to Seattle. How do you feel that this may alter his value? And, and really, what do you think about him in general? Because he did have a breakout season. He's a speedster who can actually take a walk. Uh, is Malik Smith somebody you like, especially now that he's in Seattle? I think I'm going to like him a hmm, uh, I think I'm going to like him a little bit more in Seattle. Okay. Uh, I, I think the team is going to be worse around him because obviously Seattle is uh, made no bones about it that they're going to put a lot of their talent on the block. So uh, that may hurt in terms of his run potential. Sure. Uh, but, it, I mean, he only had 65 runs scored in 141 games in Tampa anyway. So if he's bad at the top of a lineup, even if it's a bad lineup, he should be able to outproduce that either way. Uh, there's no reason not to let him run uh, if they're going to be a bad team. And uh, I think maybe he plays every day. Yeah. Well, because what you suggested is that maybe they're not as keen on the outfield defense um, and and you know keeping Malik Smith out because of it. He's a, he's a brutal defender. He's absolutely terrible out there. Uh, don't let the speed fool you. This is the the hitter analog to or the the position player analog to velocity not equaling talent. Um, speed in the outfield does not mean you're good at the outfield you can get to stuff but how you play it i mean it, it covers him if, if he was average or below speed oh my goodness i couldn't even imagine what kind of fielder malik smith would be but he, he's he's not good as a defender uh but if they're a little less concerned with that than tampa bay was maybe we see more of a full-time role and maybe he pushes up above 600 plate appearances and malik smith stole 40 bags last year in 544 so that could be really interesting he hit 296 367 OBP. I mentioned the OBP because, like I said, he can take a walk, and so that's that's a quality that you don't often see in a in a you know relative, a punchless uh, speed rabbit. So I like that eight percent last year, nine percent this year, uh, and even nine percent in his sample with the Braves in 2016. So you're looking at a career nine percent walk rate doesn't strike out too much. So I think he kind of is what he is. I've made it clear that I don't really love taking these these speed only guys. I but have I, no problem taking them. I know you don't. This one is one that I'd make an exception on because the main reason I don't like them is their OBPs are usually terrible. You look at like what Billy Hamilton does. Like that's why I get scared is that the old proverbial you can't steal first. But if I get a guy who I think can realistically have like a 330 OBP as his baseline, and that's what uh, I would like totally project for him. Like I don't think he's doing 367 again. No. But no. if he could do 330, 340. He's uh, stealing 35 yeah. bases. Easy. No, I totally agree there. All right, so let's talk about Zanino. Um, and like I said, we, 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 we love I know we love crushing him. Uh, he's a nightmare at, at the dish. He has no idea uh, uh, what he's doing, uh, you know, three quarters of the time. And then that one quarter, he usually hits a home run. He inexplicably hit 251 in 2017, and I'm still angry about it because I suckered somebody into making a deal. Uh, you know, they wanted to make a bet uh, on him hitting 230. The dumbest move that anybody could do, and you know, blind squirrels find an acorn, hit, et cetera, et cetera. He's hit above he hit 214 once in his career, once. and it, it was that bet once. <laughs> and it, I hate him. I hate him for it. Sports hate him. I got no beef with him in real life. But uh, nightmare, dude. 201, 259, 410. The power saves him. The defense is why he's a major leaguer, though. Catcher I mean, as a whole. to the on-base percentage, though? Like, at least. I don't know. He went from 9% to 6% walks. Yeah. He had double-digit walk rate in 2016, 9% in 2017, and just under 6% last year. That's. 
who that's rough because you can't even roster him in an OBP league. No, you cannot. It is even on catchers, which they obviously have lower plate volume. So, you know, it's not killing you as much, but when it's 259 for 405 plate appearances, that's a non-starter for me, man. Like you can't do that even with as terrible as catcher is, two catcher leagues. Maybe if you have Votto and another, you know, you got Votto and Soto, you can hide him, but you you actually have to plan around that if you want to roster uh, Mike Zanino. Now, that's the outlier. If the 251 was the outlier, uh, the batting average in 2017 on the high end for his average, the 259 was definitely a three-year low. Um, can he kind of get back to that? Eight to ten percent, eight to eleven percent range that he kind of lived in 2016-2017 with the walk rate, and at least be a three ten, three twenty OBP guy, or is he destined to be sub sub three hundred OBP for Zanino? I don't see anything in the uh, underlying stats that tells me he can't. So okay. I think he will probably rebound a little bit. Uh, and we're talking okay. about a guy who's probably got around a 300 on base percentage. Yeah, and if it's over 300, That's then I... That's palatable in a deeper format as a catcher, too, if you're in a Correct. League. Correct. At that point, I, I even I could roster him, but uh, you and I don't really mess with Mike Zanino, so I doubt anything really changes. There are probably some better power ballparks in the AL East, uh, but there's also better teams, so hitting those guys will be more difficult to take uh, advantage I mean, of that part. You could argue that there aren't. You've also you've got Toronto and Baltimore who are both atrocious. Uh, and in the West you have a bunch of really good teams. So you got you know got the Angels, you got the Astros. You may I, the the West may be better than the East. Well, from a depth perspective. So yeah, the East versus the West in the end, it, it, it's probably a wash. There's probably not enough to really change the outlook there. The Obviously, the West was awesome last year. The East had two really strong teams. So did the West. He's kind of on one of the middling teams now going from Seattle to you know one of the middle teams of the division. I don't think much is going to change. Are you bumping Malik Smith up? Does this change his value for you? Or are you already going to draft him because you like speed guys anyway? Uh, I'm probably leaving him about where he is. I think for everything that he gains, he may lose something else. So like I said, if he gets more playing time, he might lose out on some counting, uh, counting categories. Uh, and I think there's, I think we also have to put in that that last year we've been waiting for Malik Smith to do what he did for quite a while. And mm-hmm. last year was the first year he put it all together. So you have to leave some chance that he regresses back to kind of who he used to be. Sure, exactly. I mean, he had his best year last year by a pretty good margin. And the so. Rays are pretty good at selling high on a guy and then him never being good again. <laughs> so. w- it honestly wouldn't surprise me. It, if it's Mount like the reverse Cardinals devil magic. Well, And they're... Um, you know, it's almost it's almost uh, Patriots esque. They mm-hmm. they seem to they seem to get rid of guys as well to take it over to the football landscape. Um, all right, this next one isn't news so much, but I really want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm sprung on it. I'm probably overreacting. I don't care. You're, I'm doing you're definitely it, overreacting. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, so there's a poll that went out, 
And uh, you and I, okay, so the guy who started it is a Philly-based, you know, fan. Uh, his name's Philly Stars. Uh, he, he writes over at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. So Bradley Newman starts this poll. And uh, I only point that out because some people were saying, well, you know, uh, maybe it's Philly-influenced. But he mentioned that he'd only gotten, you know, a, a certain number of votes and that when you and I retweeted it, the vote count really jumped up. Yeah, he's got 200 and, followers, so it so wasn't that, his... Exactly. There's 1,807 votes on this. It's basically who will be the better fantasy pitcher in 2019, Aaron Nola versus Garrett Cole. Now, for me, it's really just like a toss-up. And I was expecting maybe like a 55-45 sort of deal. Oh, it came down a little. Yeah, 1%. <laughs> At it one is point, 70, it was 80-20. Yeah, I know. But uh, last night when I was talking about it on my uh, Twitch stream, it was 71-29. So just uh, overnight, 1%. It's 70% NOLA, 30% Cole. <laughs> and I am floored by this. I am furious, too. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. I just, I, I just can't understand the split. And you know, we've had a very rational discussion about it. People putting in, you know, saying, oh, maybe it's, you know, that he's two years younger, or that uh, he was more steady throughout the year, and that you know, Cole got that great start, and then was good, you know, definitely good the rest of the way, but but not not to the uh, degree that that Nola was, say, from June on. But like, none of that, none of that explains. A 70-30 split. I just don't understand. Because every little knick-knack argument that you can make for uh, Nola, you know, about this, that, or the other, there's one for Cole. You know, how about the fact that he led baseball in strikeout rate? How about the fact that he's on the better team? How about the fact that he hasn't missed uh, or, or had multiple seasons curbed by injury? Now, he did have one um, a couple years ago. But I don't know, man. It's just... It annoys me. Justin. <laughs> Talk me off the ledge. Well, I think this is part of the problem with either or either either polls. You know, so um, you you had a question of do you want Garrett Cole or do you want Aaron Nola? And like you said, a lot of people took Aaron Nola. I think if it was a better question, uh, like how much do or you differentiate question. the two? Um, yeah, I think it would have been much closer. And I mean, you wanted four options. I did a poll the other day that just trolled people. God, you trolled people, dude. It was uh, I, I put up two blind stat lines for 21 year old prospects uh, or uh, prospects in the in, in the majors. One was Glaber Torres and the other <laughs> one was uh, Brett Laurie's first Laurie. 482 plate appearances in the majors from 2011 to 2012. Oh my God, and you're such a jerk. 80% of the people, and I mean, I think 500 plus people responded, uh, took Brett Laurie's numbers. Yeah, because they just took the, the better stat line. Now, if I had asked... Now, that's eye-opening though, because... If I'd, put, if I'd put, is it, you know, an option of uh, too close to call, I bet you the majority of people would have taken too close to call. Sure, because they weren't that different. There was a um, there was a big steel gap that I think yeah. led to so many Lori votes. Exactly, Lori had a few less but home runs don't. and a lot more stolen bases. So that it's was that was the the difference, and it, it was mostly to troll one of my writers who took uh, Glaber Torres first in our thirty team dynasty draft. Um, so 
but I think that's the same thing in this. I think if you ask people to rank their top 10 pitchers for 2019, almost everybody is putting Nola and Cole right next to each other. They're just the majority of them are putting Nola right above. Sure. Well, they're stupid. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They're not. I, it can go either way. Again, that's, that's actually not really like in any sort of anti Nola. Um, you know, I've, I've, I, I like Nola. I've been liking Nola for a minute, but I, I love Cole too. I think that that's pretty obvious. Um, and then interestingly enough, in in the draft that we're in the pitcher list mock i took cole at the end of round two and then uh, unsurprisingly nick nick pollock four picks later uh took nola so i had the option of the two and i i went with cole and again like i'm not saying that nola shouldn't have gotten votes or anything i'm not saying it should be cole 70 30 but it should be 51 49 and i'm mad i'm so mad it's ridiculous Anyway, that's I, I think it. I think it's more interesting how mad you are about this than the actual than poll anything itself. else. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. You can go through the comments there, uh, through the through the tweets, and just watch me incredulously. Brad uh, Johnson I, did a whole article on it for the yes, site. Yes, yes. And you know, again, everyone was chill. I I I hope I didn't come across as like being a jerk because I wasn't trying to be because I would say, listen, I understand the point. You know, someone would make a point about the age or whatever the case. I'd be like, I, I, I see you. I understand you. That does not explain 70-30. That just does not explain 70-30. So I'm mad, but not really. Um, and okay, self-indulgence there. Uh, we can move on. Jung Ho Gung. Uh, we know his issues off the field. He, hopefully he's getting his life right. Uh, that's really the, the important thing before anything else. He did resign a one-year deal with Pittsburgh. I imagine that uh, you know they're working you know, with him or, or following his trajectory to getting his situation right. Um, you know, dude has severe alcohol issues um, resulting in multiple DUIs Three, yeah. that had – had an accusation of sexual assault here in the states that I think so, is still pending, right? I don't, I don't think that's right. been resolved. the 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 issues with the DUIs have been resolved. He has served yes. his time. He and has, that's why he wasn't here all year yes. last year because uh, it was in South Korea that you had to you know serve, I don't serve know time that, there. I don't know I that anything has that been was. resolved. Has it? I thought it was one of the situations where. The, the alleged victim did not come forward oh, okay. to, to, to continue on. I don't know. I, I thought I'd heard something on that back when it had happened. Um, but, yeah, so if, if that still needs to be resolved, obviously that 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 is something that matters way more than anything on the diamond. I'm moving that off to the side, not saying it doesn't matter, but moving it off to the side for a moment, and let's say it, it is resolved to the degree that it needs to be. How do you see Jung Ho Gong on the field again? Because he did miss an entire season, um, and and it looks like he's going to be in Pittsburgh ready to play. I, I, for me, I guess I can't imagine that it would be looming, and then they would sign him. I feel like that would be something that they would want to have, you know, handled uh, properly before they would want to bring him back. But but if they've got Jung Ho Gong ready to play, what, what, what do you think he can do? Is this somebody that you'd be back in on, on the cheap? Cause he's going to be a dollar guy. No one's, you know, no one's trying to take him uh, with any sort of top pick. The problem is where does he play? Roto world's uh, capsule, you know, when they wrote mm-hmm. about him and explained everything, they ended it with, uh, um, he could be the platoon partner 
for Colin Moran, which but he'd be on the, the weak sh- side. Yeah, I got to imagine. Side. I got to imagine he's going to get more time than that, though, because um, Josh Harrison's gone. But you got Adam so, Frazier. He's better than Adam Frazier. Is he? We don't yes. know that to be true. This is a guy who hasn't played. You know what he he last year he had a total of nineteen games. They've got something named Kevin Newman slotted in at shortstop. Kevin Newman is a former top prospect for I for it's the funnier to say something named. But uh, hey, Kevin Newman, I've heard the name. It's, even... it's been, I mean, realistically speaking, he hasn't played professional baseball in uh, three years since two thousand sixteen. That long. I mean, he well, played a little bit last year, if you want to count the, what is that, forty-five. Boy, I plus didn't realize I didn't realize seven. he missed all of seventeen. Yeah, this has been Man, going on a time while. Flies. So I mean, he missed. I mean, he missed all of two thousand seventeen with this. Almost sure. all of two thousand eighteen. He is thirty-one years old, going He'll be to age be thirty-two next season. Yeah, uh, this is Jung Ho Gung, by the way, for the Pirates. Okay, uh, you know, I, I feel you. And again, that's why I think he's going to start. I think I think he has somebody who could play himself into a role, though. Sure. Where, you know, he might start as the platoon. I for have him a, in a dynasty league, and I may keep him just for the hell of it. Um, but I, I yeah, don't, I don't think this is a guy lot. who's drafted in most formats. I, I'm not sure that he should be. I, I'm in the 50-round draft and hold. Uh, we'll pick that back up in January. He'll get drafted there, as he should. That's the kind of format that you're talking about, but a standard, you know, league with uh, with 23 rounds, nah, you know, uh, even the standard NFBC 30 rounds, 23 start starting players, seven benches, nah, not in, not unless we see things change here. I want to see how uh, he looks in spring training. Yeah, so. so this could be somebody who could be a spring riser uh, if he comes out and it shows he can still hit. But for now, it is a, a backup role, and he can maybe bounce around the diamond. We'll see if Jungle Gong can still hit. We'll see if he gets his life on track, too, because, again, the stuff that, that he's had issues with, putting people in danger, driving repeatedly well, with DUIs. If he makes it to spring training, that's a good sign. Because, I mean, part of the problem, in for those who don't uh, know about international drinking and driving laws, uh, is South Korea has a really low limit for their DUIs. Mm-hmm. It's almost half of what it is in, the, in, in most of the, the states in the United States. Uh, and so it's, and then when you get a multiple offense, it it lowers a whole ton. It stacks on it, yeah. And so, I mean, you can pretty much have, he could have had one drink and gotten these DUIs. Now, when you're getting your third, I don't, I don't care. How how much? Yeah, you're you're being at worst you're or you know at best you're being irresponsible. Yes. So, but if he's in the states, chances are he's not going to get one because he's probably not going to be driving himself as much. Uh, I should freaking hope not. And uh, and he's not subject. You're typically not subject to international charges even if he, he were to drink and drive in the United States. So okay. um, it wouldn't be like a, a multiple offense in the United States. So that being said, I, I'm i going to keep an eye out on him because he is a guy that hit 20 home runs in, what, like 370 plate appearances in 2016. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously got pop. He's had pop in that. He's got a bat, yeah. He, he can walk. He's had double-digit walk rates uh, at the major league level. So uh, – He's definitely a guy to keep an eye on, but if you're like if you're in an early draft, if you're drafting in January or, or even before then or even February, 
this is not a guy that I'm going to have on my draft board. No, you have to kind of wait and see with Jung Ho Gung, kind of see what's going on, and um, again, get 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 the life on track, and and then they can worry about the baseball. But uh, yeah, I underestimated that it was two full years off for some reason. I, I didn't I didn't have that. Uh, all right. Let's get into some some draft chatter here. We are going to talk. We're going to have some repeats so that you can get your thoughts uh, in on some guys for sure. And I do want to start with one um, that we did talk a lot about because of where he was drafted. It is Vlad Jr. Primarily because you took him in the draft that we're currently doing over at uh, at the pitcher list. So you had the twelfth pick. He went nineteenth in my draft at, at NFBC at, at AFL. Uh, you got him at thirty seven. To start off the fourth round. So I like that a lot. I can definitely get behind that. Now you mentioned that with the outlet that we're using, it is old player ranks. So the 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 things for you know the pop-up players this year, and of course a prospect who hasn't even been in the majors is just not necessarily front and center. Not that these guys, you know, we're playing. I had with to put it. in a play or I had to have Nick make the pick of uh, of Vlad for me because he was not in the player pool at all, and that place oh, wow. had to be inserted. So uh, I didn't realize that. I mean, it's a Shark Tank. Like, obviously, no one's, you know, these guys aren't forgetting Vlad, but he sit, certainly isn't sitting there front and center like he will be on the outlets come, uh, you know, February when we start doing, uh, you know, even more mocks. Mm-hmm. And this is always a problem whenever you do these mocks and. The player pool isn't isn't set up fairly well. Uh, we've had these issues in the two early mocks when the player pool, you're using last year's ranks in the player pool and stuff like that. So uh, I totally understand seeing a guy like uh, Acuna dropping all the way, I think, to the 19th or 20th pick uh, to, to DVR. I understand that was something I well, I I'm on the you know, the turn. So I had the you know twelfth thirteenth pick, and I wasn't going to take him that high, uh, that just because that's not how I roll. And then I'm sitting watching him fall and going, uh, um, uh, uh, hello? Can, can I trade back to the front of the round? Like, because <laughs> who? I mean, after he gets past sixteen seventeen, he starts becoming a bargain. Uh, yes. <laughs> even if I'm not going to take him that high necessarily, and so. I'm wondering, is this guy going to make it back around to me because people don't realize that he's in the player pool? Um, and, of course, DVR being a, a sharp guy, uh, snatched him up, and his start is sick. Uh, but I took Vlad, honestly, uh, in this draft. I took him in the fourth round, the start of the fourth round, pick 37. I want to see what my team looks like with him. Mm-hmm. This may be the only time I draft Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., in a redraft this year, or really in in any league, because in in, in the dynasty league I'm doing, he went uh, fourth pick overall. Oh my goodness! So like, I mean, no, I'm not I'm not saying oh my goodness like that's bad. I'm I, I get it. Yeah, I get no, it. and I mean, I wouldn't do that, but I totally understand other people doing it. it, it he, you know, Todd Zola said in uh, uh, it, it said him multiple times on Twitter. I heard him say it in Arizona a couple times. Uh, he broke, he's breaking projection systems. Yep. I mean, I'm pretty sure Steamer has him winning the batting title. Yes, they do. Uh, they, that like, was their top batting average. So I, I felt like with my team, I had taken Trey Turner and Scherzer in the first round. I needed some pop. 
uh, and I wanted to kind of increase my and then I and then I took Starling Marte. Uh, yeah, your quartet it, it, is is nice. You yeah. really run the gamut there. You've got a lot of speed, but um, I needed some added power. Uh, well, now and, you can get some power focused mm-hmm. guys that maybe you know have a little bit of flaw and batting average, uh, which you've been you know you're not afraid to do anyway to try to spike mm-hmm. some good batting average. I, I'm eager to see how your next uh, few rounds play out as you get your power base. Uh, you know, Turner Marte, they're not uh, devoid of pop. Obviously, they're speed first. Vlad, obviously, I don't think power is going to be the calling card right away. It's going to be batting average, but he's also not going to be weak. He's going to, you know, hit 25 plus. I think so. I like I like what you did there with uh, with I do Vlad. I worry and about like how early he's going. Um, what? And, What's the downside? Well, the downside is that he's a two or three category contributor. Now he may be great in those two or three categories, but we don't, I mean, we all assume he's going to be up two or three weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that is 100% a given. Uh, I think he I mean, probably the, will. Um, yeah. Unless he gets hurt or something like that'd be a grievance at that point. Like you, you, you there can't, I been mean, a grievance last year. It was year. already I mean, disgusting what they did this past year. Exactly. He was so. the best player on the field during that spring training game where he hit the, the walk off home the run walk-off, in, yeah. in Montreal. So, um, like there should have been grievances filed already. Uh, so I, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll probably be up before the end of April, uh, uh, this sounds a lot like what you said about Acuna, by the yes, way. Yes, it, it does, and I, that's why I'm having a hard time with saying it because uh, I was right, and but I was really wrong because Acuna so it was, wasn't April up 25th. in two weeks. Yeah. So let's. Uh, mm-hmm. But even if we even if we do that, okay. And and Acuna missed some time, and he still had 487 plate appearances. So you know, if we're getting 500 plate appearances from Vlad, I just I just don't see a downside. That doesn't make it worth taking the substantial upside that comes with in it. In the top thirty, though, I mean, he's on a really bad team, right? What are the counting pretty, categories? Joker team. I think it. I mean, I think it's pretty bad. Uh, I mean, the they were categories going to be like. I I think he's going to hit for average. I think he's going to hit for power, and he's going to give you absolutely no speed. We know he's not going to steal bases, right? Sure. We have no idea what the run scored or RBI situation is going to look like if he hits 30 home runs with 65 runs in 70 RBIs, like, is that a top 30 pick? It depends where the average is. If he hits 310 with it, I mean, that's, is that so good? It is good, but is it a top 30 pick? I don't know. Well, that, I mean, that wouldn't be the, the, but the it, outcome that justifies that, but you're you're also I, buying some of the upside mm-hmm. there. I, I think there's a pretty stable floor of what Vlad can do when you're if you're giving him a 500 plate appearance. Know, but the top 30 is so stacked. I mean, if you go and look at the draft that we're doing right now, like seeing guys like Charlie Blackman fall to the third round, seeing guys like the top 30 picks are just absolutely stacked and. I understand people wanting that young upside. I think especially like and Clay is a smart guy. And Clay, I mean, he he won the great fantasy baseball season. invitational. Yeah. He won uh a ton of other leagues. Uh like oh, I mean, I think he was like top 10 in the Rotowire online championship. Like dude knows his stuff and had an a monster season. I can't rationalize taking him at 18. 
And I'm sure part of it was having the draft next to James Anderson. It was. He didn't want James to get him. So, you know, you're sticking it to your buddy. You know he's going to take him before you get another shot. Uh, At the same time, 18, man, that is passing up on a ton of talent. True. That's going to be there day one. He is a remarkable talent as well. And you're going to get somebody to put in. So you can you got to add that you know that that three weeks to the to the bottom line. Um, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, he's going to be somebody that you know people probably get tired of talking about just because it, there's going to be so much chatter about Vlad um, and where he's going. But uh, I'm really eager to see how it goes, and I honestly can't wait to watch him regularly. I'm going to watch a lot more, especially if they also have Boba shut up. In, in relatively short order, I'm going to be watching a lot more Toronto Blue Jays games than I would have expected because, yeah, they're not going to be like a, a, a great team. I can't team. believe those guys weren't already up. I really can't. I just, it's insane. I mean, at least bring them up to sell tickets. The MLB, dude, the, the only league that uh, encourages you not to bring up your best out, yeah. players. They have to do something like, in the in the CBA. It's freaking insane. All right, let's move on. Uh, another repeat here before we get into some new guys we want to talk about. Miguel Andahar. Uh, we briefly mentioned him in in our pod because he went right by Glaber Torres in the fourth round, and I uh, he went actually before Glaber, like one pick before. I thought it was a little high. Um, really and between high. the two, I'm taking Torres first without a doubt. Now Andahar unquestionably had a strong season: 297, 2792, um, with 83 runs. Only struck out 16% of the time. Only walked 4%. Uh, the brutal defense, you know, didn't really cost him game games because they need they need to play him, and the offense around it was just so good. But if he's not performing at that level, does does his awful defense cut into his playing time? Uh, he's going to be 24 next year. I mean, he was a prospect of of some real acclaim, so it's not like it was completely out of nowhere. Even though he probably peaked out last year, but Miguel Andahar in the fourth round is a no for me. How do you feel about uh, about him going forward? This is, this is one of those picks that in about two to six weeks is going to re- look really bad only because they're going to sign Manny Machado, Machado and he, he's going to have no place to play. So, he's going to be their first pick. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I, that's what I've been saying. I, I think he's going to slide over and take Greg Bird's spot or that they trade him in a deal for pitching. They they could. I wonder if they would do that. That would be a good time to maximize – Miguel Andohar like, because he been gets talking such a nice turn. Kluber and they've been talking about uh, going in, uh, potentially going and getting Paxton. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to give up some of your prospect depth, there's your answer. You trade um, Andohar and maybe some prospects, and you get back Corey Kluber and E5. Oh, I mean it's a massive deal, and who knows if if you know. If Cleveland wants to trade both those guys at the same time in the same deal, or if they're going to try to maximize out their return, well, they still have Voight too, by the way. Yeah, and obviously, he's not going to perform. You know, don't ex- <laughs> don't extrapolate his numbers, but you could run a Voight Bird platoon. Mm-hmm. I, I still think that they have some love for Bird. Like they're not going to quit him. I don't that think they're going to quit him, but I think you could go and get. By the way, get an E five. Go get a Goldie. Here's the thing. You mentioned Machado, the Didi injury. Machado could play sh- short. But Didi's supposed to be back pretty early, isn't he? I mean, yeah, TJ. Like, you're not, you're not, but T- it's not, TJ pitcher, isn't, an, it's I not mean, pitcher TJ, but Glaber I don't know. Torres had TJ at the end of that season and was, was at spring training with the Yankees and played, uh, played in the minors for the minor league opening day. 
So like it, like TJ for even for a shortstop isn't that big of a deal. Wait, when did when did Glaber have it? Glaber had it with the end of. He only played fifty five games in twenty seventeen. It was in the middle of twenty seventeen. Oh, I thought he had the. I thought he had the certain. Uh, I thought it was in like May. It was in June. June seventeenth was his last game in. Um, I thought it was in twenty seventeen. Okay, I'm, so I'm wrong then. You're looking at July, August, September, October, November, December, January. February. I mean, I don't know if he could have come back before then when the games weren't being played, mm-hmm. but if you're talking like seven, eight months, and he just had it, I, it's going to cost DD some time. Even it's, if it costs him the first month. It's not month. pitcher. It, it's not the same as a pitcher. I, to- I totally understand that. Um, but I don't know. I think I think he's going to miss a couple months. I, I, I was thinking that like may would be the return like late may maybe that's that's what i had in my mind maybe i'm wrong on that um but then of course that you know they could still get machado slide him back you know slide him to third when dd comes mm-hmm. back or put glaber at short and still they, take they still machado at third um, yeah they I so mean, there's right a lot now, of ways roster resource projects greg bird in the minors to start the season it should because he's not good yeah and he hasn't done anything to to deserve anything Ooh, they have and they former st- prospect giovanni urshela oh look at that he's gonna start for them um but you know they've got like tyler wade at second base right now because they have glaber at short mm-hmm. you bring in machado you move glaber back to second machado to short then Didi comes back then that's when you have the log jam they've got moves to make if they want to bring in machado though so we'll, we'll see what they do there where are you comfortable taking andahar are you even looking to get him? Sixth round, seventh round. Yeah, maybe seventh for me. I I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's still thirty home runs. Yeah, yeah. He 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 smacked the ball around, man. He really did. He was he was twenty seven ninety two, um, with a two ninety seven too, because he 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 makes a lot of contact. And hard does. I, I mean, uh, I just worry that the average is unsustainable. At at its current rate, it just. He he had a almost forty percent O swing percentage, and while the contact How did he only have that's crazy. Yeah, the the contact rates coming down. He had a ninety one or almost ninety two percent zone contact percentage. Like these are numbers that are not sustainable. Uh, so I mean, Holy like if he freak. hits two seventy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Steamer's got him at 278, 324, 78. I would say that's probably still a bit uh, too high for me, but I, I think that's more in the ballpark. Okay. And 25 home runs, that seems about right. I don't mind Steamer's projections for him. I just don't they... know if he's going to get to 600 plate appearances again. Well, yeah, because if, if there's a situation where they can afford to – push him down for the defense for Andahar because it's so bad. You almost that's hope he is what you have traded. to look for. Like you yeah, to a team that wants to just play him full time. I mean, because a, a team like Cleveland, a team like Seattle, a team like Arizona would find a way to play him full time if they're breaking things down. For sure. So uh, you're kind of hoping for a trade, but how much is then that, you know, depending on what park he ends up, depending on the lineup around him, how much does that hurt him? So I, I think seventh, sixth, seventh round is probably a, a fairer price for him, for me at least. Yep, I think that's fair on Andahar. Uh, all right, let's move on to a couple of Rockies pitchers. Uh, Cal Freeland and Herman Marquez both went in the fifth round. 
they're obviously a little bit different in, in how they do things. You know, and Marquez had that brilliant second half. Freeland was just like a steady Eddie all year. Um, they, like, uh, let's see, Freeland was the eighth pick uh, or ninth pick of the of the fifth round. 10, 11, 12, 13. And Marquez was the 13th pick of the of that fifth round. How do you feel about uh, about these two Rockies pitchers? You know, I know everyone has trepidation taking any Rockies pitcher. I will say this about Freeland before I let you go. Um, you know, he was really good last year, too, like for, for being a Colorado pitcher. 410 ERA is pretty solid. Now, the 149 whip was a nightmare. You know, he wasn't uh, pretty good in real life is what I was getting at more than than fantasy. And he obviously he amped it up this year to a peak level with a 285 ERA. But he was actually better at home in 2017 with a 372 of course like this guy is a denver native i just don't know that the thin air is is a major issue for him it can still play tricks on you even if you have a game plan for it but i don't worry so much about him pitching and course how do you feel about freeland and then we'll get into uh marquez i you know we, we've talked about marquez quite a bit already so we don't i mean we don't mm-hmm. have to go too deep back into that and i mentioned when we talked about your top 100 that i I can't rationalize having a Rocky. I have a hard time putting a Rockies pitcher in my top 25. And I'm going to have Marquez close when I finish my ranks. Uh, but Freeland, it's not so much a matter of... I, I the, the guys who went behind him are just... Are guys I feel much safer about. Uh, Tyon. Uh, Flaherty. I definitely want to take Tyon. Wheeler. Uh, Barrios, it just there are guys that I just feel so much safer about. Um, you know, I mean, even you know, Fulton Evich, Carlos Martinez, uh, Charlie Morton. I just, I don't know. I just, I think there's, I, I love what Freeland did, and I think you're right. He may be one of those guys because maybe he grew up in the area. Uh, what he does on the mound, uh, maybe he can limit a lot of the damage in Colorado. Mm-hmm. He's still a Colorado pitcher, and there's still a ton of risk to that. Um, and it's hard because I did like Freeland when they drafted him. Uh, yeah. And I was like, nope, take him off all my draft board. <laughs> no, I, I – Colorado. Uh, and it's understandable. It's always scary to mess with Colorado pitchers, and, undoubtedly. I mean, what he did even in Colorado Springs was impressive, you know, which is a launching pad itself. Yep. Uh, I just think there is – Obviously, the 285 is not repeatable. He's probably like a mid to high threes guy, and he doesn't have a ton of strikeouts. And so I feel like there's no chance he's repeating what he did last year. Uh, the upside is capped, but the downside isn't. And you're taking guys who I feel have much safer floors and honestly probably higher ceilings. Steamer dropped the hammer on him, dude. They went 462-143. Uh, I don't I don't understand that though. That's yeah, that to me is unfair. I, I don't know how like I could understand if they gave him like a 420 430 ERA. Sure. The, the, jumping his home runs per 9 as high as they did when he's pretty much maintained the home run rate we saw last year, maybe a little bit worse, but just uh, microscopically worse. And through sub-one. all the levels of the minors yeah. and the majors like 
he's only once had a home run rate uh, higher or is close to what they they posted, and it was a 39 inning sample in high A. Yes, as a 22 year old, um, he doesn't give up bombs. No, that's like that's like his main thing. He keeps the ball down. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of crazy. There were some on crazy Freeland. steamer ones. I'm sure things will get reined in as they start improving. Th- as they as we go through, it, it, it does feel it, it does feel wrong what <laughs> what they projected him for. It, it doesn't feel fair uh, at all. So i I would probably meet them in the middle, and you're looking at probably a, a four four ten. Sure. And I, I get you on Freeland um, being, you know, some of the guys that went after him, namely Tyone and his own teammate Marquez. I would have rather had uh, Clevenger, those three for sure. Uh, Wheeler, who I ended up taking in the next round, in the sixth round, I, I would prefer. Would you rather have um, him or Barrios? I was just about to say, uh, I think Flaherty, Barrios. Um, I think I'd rather have Michaelis because they they kind of paint a similar picture of guys that you know aren't huge strikeout guys. By the way. Uh, neither is a particularly soft tosser, especially Michaelis. He, he he can really run it up there. Freeland is a little bit more on on that end, but he averages 92. That's not exactly from the left side. That's not left, exactly yeah, some left, yeah. soft tosser. Um, but obviously, they're not strikeouts first or anything. And I love what Michaelis does with the uh, with, with the walk suppression as well. Although Freeland, if you watch him pitch. You would. I like that he has an eight percent walk rate because it means he doesn't give in, and you can see it in different at bats where a, a, a true like you know control artist would just keep peppering the zone and probably get blasted in Colorado. He it's takes okay his chance. He doesn't give up those home runs, and he lets his exactly. defense bail him out when he does walk guys. Yep. And and I like that he maintained. You know, some I'm sure there'll be some analysis. Oh, if he could just improve the walk rate, I'm fine with it where it's at. Yeah, no, I, it, I will take that because so, that's sometimes gonna sometimes those kind of numbers are gonna be misleading. Uh, and the, and the guy we always talk about, Michael Pineda, he could stand to walk more. Jeff Samard like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a, a, a Shane Bieber, a walk rate can be too low. Thankfully, Michaelis hasn't had that issue. Uh, he hasn't run it because he isn't a soft tosser. So anyway, yeah, there there were just guys I'd rather have. I don't dislike Freeland the way I think um, a lot of people will. I don't think you do either. I think you and I are pretty solid on him, just not where he was taken there. Yeah, who, uh, who took him? Uh, his name is Rex Weddle. He's a uh, longtime uh, attendee of the uh, of the conference, and he ended up with Michaelis after, and he had Bauer already. He actually took Andahar as well, so we're 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 crushing him. <laughs> Sorry, Rex. But, uh, well, I actually like – okay, so here's the thing. Like, I, 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 don't a little dis- early. I don't dislike the player. I dislike where he went. The draft spot. He yes. could have flipped the two and I'd have been better. If he'd have taken Michaelis, yeah, so I still would have preferred – so, um, I still would have preferred the other guys, but I would have been better with it. But then he, I think he backed it up nicely. He got Eovaldi in the uh, in the 11th. Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a nice pick. Yeah, and I, I – so I think he, he he's As he's long salmon. as he still has a UCL – when he True. signs that car. Like my my biggest fear is like that Boston just hell. ruined him. Yeah, they, I mean they just they ran him they ran him ragged and uh we'll we'll see what it's like here but uh all right, let's keep moving on here. Uh we we don't have to get into Marquez. You're right. We actually have discussed him uh, at length. I want to talk about another fifth rounder, uh Corey Seager. And there was news out uh, just kind of a, a little small update saying hey, they expect him to be back 
uh, they're confident that uh, the Dodgers are confident that he'll be ready for the the season. I should hope so. By the way, I'm surprised that that needed to be stated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually maybe when it's supposed to be good news. It's almost a little alarming. That's like, okay, was there a chance that he wasn't? By the way, he had Tommy John in May, and and you know obviously he's not going to return until next year. He did also have arthroscopic hip surgery in August, too, so that's not the same scenario as Didi. Let's not forget he also has a really bad back. Uh, and, God, he's, he's so young to have all these injuries. But how do you feel about, uh, about Corey Seager as a fifth-rounder in a 15-teamer? I feel like this is name value. Like, I, I don't know how you pull, it, pull, pull the trigger on him in the fifth. It, it, what's the upside that he... I don't know, that he, he stays hit, healthy and and hits 300 with uh, mid 20s homers. Yeah, I, I I just don't have any faith in it. I mean, this, we we had heard you know talk about that he was going to have to move off shortstop eventually, anyways, because of the back issues. Now you're throwing in elbow and hip issues. Uh, Is he 42? I. You almost wonder if he's like, you know, you know, like people say like, well, Albert Pujols is really like yeah. 65. Um, you know, he just changed his age. Uh, and I, I, I told that story about, uh, you know, the, the buddy of mine who, who ran in, who talked to a, a major league uh, scout and told, he told him where he could get papers to lower where, his where age. Did you come younger? Corey yeah. Seager um, yeah, like has the body of a, of a 50 Corey Seager's the older brother. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying it now. He, he, Kyle's the younger one. Yeah, he's, he's now Kyle's brother. Um, so. <laughs> like, my goodness. It, it is alarming with all these injuries uh, with Seager. I mean, you I, look at Steamer's projection, 23 home runs, four stolen bases, 283 average, and that is uh, – that's with – 651 plate appearances. I'll take the under on the plate appearances for sure. I'm okay. I'd probably go under on the home runs. Put it closer to 20. Uh, But is that a fifth round pick? Okay. I don't think it is. I don't know. I don't. uh, Yeah, I don't know that it is. Um, So trying to think of some guys that were taken. Uh, around him, like, you know, obviously Justin Upton's not going to have the same batting average, but you're going to have steals to go with it. And, you know, he, he's kind of a set it and forget it guy in the lineup. So his counting categories are going to be higher. He, uh, th- that was just the first offensive player taken after him. I think, or JT Realmuto here, was. a good but, question. Would you rather have Corey Seager or Cesar Hernandez? Who what kind of discount am I getting on this? Yeah, I think – I know it sounds crazy because you talk about the name value aspect, and I think people say, oh, Seager for sure. I don't know, man. I think I'm taking Hernandez. Yeah, because he gets the speed to make up for the average and um, and the power discrepancy. And he's, Honestly, he's I, I think I would take Hernandez before Seager anyways. I think I would take Rugnet Odor. You know who I'd rather have? Why don't I just take the guy who is actually old – and and six rounds cheaper. If I'm going to take Seager, why don't I just take Daniel Murphy in the 11th? Now position's different. We're sure. we're really talking about offensive profiles more here than than position comps. But um, what you about know, Tim Anderson in the eighth. I think I'd rather have Tim Anderson get the speed component. Mm-hmm. And team makeup starts to play a question here when we're talking about these disparate 
what, profiles. Where, where, te- teammate Justin Turner in the seventh. There you go. That's actually a better one than the Daniel Murphy thing because it is it, like the same injury teammate, risk. The same sort of deal there. Uh, at least we know that he's old. Corey Seager just pretends to be super old. Uh, yeah, I think I'd rather have Turner at the at the discount at, at, between the two, the, the cheaper price. So I'd rather have Turner there. What about uh, – let's take this into our, our next two guys, a former teammate um, and, and another middle infielder that went in the eighth round. Brian Dozier and Jonathan Villar were both eight, eighth rounders. Would you rather have one of those two at, as eighth rounders or Seager? I'd much rather have Jonathan VR. I mean, he ran wild in Baltimore. And why won't they let him do it again? I mean, that was that was Buck Showalter letting him, and he doesn't let anybody run. If they bring in a guy who's just moderate, he may have had more steals than the rest of the team. Oh, I wouldn't even question that. I'm I'm gonna look it up for you, but I wouldn't even question. (laughs) Like he had 35 stolen bases between the Orioles and the Brewers. I would be surprised to see that the Orioles had, you know, 35 stolen bases outside of Jonathan Villar's, what, 17 when he came over after the trade deadline? If you take off – okay, so they had 81 total. Oh, wow. That's that's up for them. That's that's Yeah, that's really high. Obviously, he contributed to that. He got 21 of those on his own, and he only played 54 games for them. But So they got 60 on their own. I'm, I wonder if it's because they had just such a ragtag – they just garbage team, and they just like you know what, just Jace go. Peterson, whatever, Craig Gentry, we're gonna play you inexplicably. Go ahead and run, and those were the two guys that also got double digits, and then a lot of chip ins. I wonder, um, I wonder what the difference between first half splits and second half splits uh, for the for the team stolen bases. Uh, I, think I can get. You, you look that up. I'll, I'll I'll keep talking. Uh, Jonathan VR, yeah. I think is is a tad bit underrated this draft season. I just I think people are remembering how disappointing he was after the huge breakout season. For sure. And they're not wanting to get burned. Albert, come on, just see. <clears throat> yeah. What? Uh, well, Sorry. but the in the differences between, you know, VR and Mondesi is VR walks. Like they're <laughs> That I was gonna say, VR has a has a positive on it. Mm-hmm. By the way, just uh, to close the loop, there they had 45 in the second half, which tied them for sixth most with the Brewers, a, a known running team. Obviously, VR had 21 of those uh, on his own there, but but I'm sure that's when they were letting the Gentrys, the Jace Petersons uh, of the world run. I wonder how many of Adam Jones's seven were in the second half, where they're just like, "You want to run? Go for it, dude." Who yeah. care? Try to increase your trade slash free agency value. We're yeah, gonna, we're just, gonna let you just do go it. for it. You know, we're go not re-signing it. you. You know, so. Um, but yeah, I I agree. I I loved VR, and I I fell I fell for that season there. I thought that the floor because I I cited that walk rate mm-hmm. many a time, saying that the floor would be strong. Uh, because he would maintain a quality OBP. Well, he stopped walking that year, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, he had he dropped to a seven percent, went down to a two ninety three OBP. And I really think he's he's a, the right analog to look at when you need some cold water about Mondesi, who I like, by the way. I know I've done little but uh, but kind of bash him this offseason, but it's only because the price is so exorbitant that I don't think people are understanding, you know, and, and you know, look at a guy like VR to, to get that dose of reality. I think and, the uh, one thing that Mondesi really has over VR is – defense i mean Mondesi is a much better defensive player uh he he can be pretty pretty great in the field 
whereas VR really struggled defensively. If VR was a premium defensive player, he still would have continued to play. That's yeah. It, it started to cost him time because once the offense went to went to pot, but, they they could take him out. In terms but, of the 2019 value, though, the Orioles have not shown that they've cared about defense. Now I know it's going to be a new organization, but sure. this is a team that ran Jonathan Scope out there. That but why wouldn't they play a 28 year old that they got? Sure, you know that uh, they have just, for really cheap. I think he made like 1.5 million or something last year through yeah, arbitration. So just, just even play if, him. Even if it doubles, they're they're paying him three million dollars. So yeah, just let the guy play. Uh, Moncastle isn't ready. Uh, they have tons of holes all over that infield. Uh, I think VR is. I, I if it was me, I would have flipped VR and Seager. You'd rather have VR, VR in the, in the fifth, fifth round. And yeah. No, I can understand that. I mean, here's the thing. Like Still I said, a little rich, but I mean, I, I, I'd much rather have VR than Seager. I do love Mondesi just as a general player. He was so exciting. There's no universe where I take him when I can get VR that much later. Yep. Like you can't, I mean, you just can't tell me there's enough difference for those two to be five rounds apart. So maybe we'll see VR's cost escalate. Um, and I'm maybe sure we'll we play will. we'll play a role in it, but I what, I don't know that it's going to get higher than say like the sixth round. And you we, know, we is, know what we know what VR's floor is. We saw it in 2017. Yes, but he we still stole 23 bases and hit 11 home runs. You had to do it mm-hmm. with a 241 average, but isn't but there that was something the there. same floor, uh, if not worse, that Mondesi has? Like exactly. if, if Mondesi only hits 10 to 12 home or 10 12 home runs. And only steals twenty five bases, uh, he's gonna, you know, his floor is doing it with a two ten average. Yeah, because his batting, yeah, that's the thing. If it goes, if it goes badly for Mondesi, his batting average is going to be so poor. Uh, all right, we, I briefly mentioned Brian Dozier there. He had a busted season. I remember when he first went to L.A., uh, he got off to a decent start in the first few games. Like, okay, here we go, second half Dozier. It never came to pass. In fact, he was worse. With the Dodgers, he's going to be 32. He's a free agent. Uh, it went in the eighth round here. I don't mind kind of speculating back on a, on a guy who's been a, a power-speed combo round, for so long. Uh, that's just betting on the history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at, you would you would want a bigger discount, though. I understand that. But what do you think about Brian Dozier next year, um, assuming he lands in kind of a neutral spot where he's going to be starting? Since we don't really know where he's going to be, let's just kind of put it there. Neutral, uh, regular role. I don't, I don't know that he's going to find a regular role. You don't think so? Uh, think- who is going to pay him at thirty-two? Uh, Somebody to to play every day. Like, but like, I don't know what team needs a second baseman that's you know going to be willing to pay whatever he wants. You know, whether it's what three or I don't. I don't know. think it'll be exorbitant. Mm. It's gonna be a three. Yeah, it's gonna be like a three-year deal. Three year, thirty three, yeah, thirty thirty three. Like that's not, that's not crazy. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's crazy, but I and I think he will bounce back. Like I don't, I don't like Steamer's numbers. Steamer has him twenty five home runs, twelve stolen bases. The and these are the numbers. I don't like two thirty four, three twenty two, four twenty six. I I think he's closer to 260 yeah um batting average 28 29 home run um no i probably not 
I don't know. I, I just feel like you're not getting a big enough discount on, on him. Eight, eighth round. I feel like he should be going in the 10th, at least. That's fair. I, I can understand not wanting to pay the price that he's at. And I'm, I'm, Hard part is I second kinda... base is gross. Yes. Second, Very gross. And I, I think that's going to continue to push him up. Uh, second base gets really, really ugly after about six rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to inflate his value. Uh, there are guys that I do like that are going to go late at second base. And so more than likely, I'm going to skip on a Dozier. And I'm going to take, you know, maybe like double up on Jeff McNeil and uh, 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 Barreto. Okay. Take a shot. See if Barreto and, can and be see, something. See if what one if, of those guys stick. What if, uh, what if Oakland lets Jed Lowry walk and, and brings Dozier in on that deal? I don't think they would do that. I think they're going to give Barreto full reign. Should they give him full reign? I mean, but that that's the Oakland way. Like he sucks. He hasn't he hasn't proven. He's a former top prospect. Give him a shot. You're a former top Maybe, prospect. Maybe I think if anything they bring back uh, uh I think they yeah, that that was the bring part back of that. Lowry. I that mean, theoretical that I didn't buy as much was the idea that they give him a one-year 6 million dollar deal. Something like, yeah, well, I, I don't know. He's 34. I, if I'm him, I'm trying to get a couple-year deal, I, obviously. But yeah, we'll maybe. see if they can get two, two thirteen or um, something. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from, from Dozier. Dozier. And I, I've been a okay. huge Dozier, Dozier guy in the past. So, like, it's really hard it's for been me so to steady. say that. Uh, but, it, yeah, it's been he's, – he's not just been steady. Like, he's been fantastic. I mean – what the the numbers he's put up the previous two seasons 42 18 34 16 like with double digit walk rates and uh like he's an OBP monster and uh that's why I don't think he's done his skills were still there last yeah, he year he still walks I, I I think Dozier's the kind of guy to buy as on the last year's bums sort of uh So would you take him in the 8th round? It was just shocking I, to me that's Yeah I, I mean I get I get that that that, that 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 discount is probably not what I would want, especially when you look at just second baseman in the 11th round who went um, and you had Guriel, Moncada, Murphy, um, just those. And then, oh, I took Garrett Hampson in the 12th round, who I really like. So on that alone, no, but I'm not that far off in terms of what I would pay for him. You know, I'm looking at his underlying numbers and I'm, 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 turning myself around on it yeah his his contact rates inside and outside of the zone went up the skills were there i I just think that he kind of got a had a rotten season yeah he's less outside of the zone i think a bad babbip and uh an inflated infield fly ball percentage his his infield fly ball percentage goes up to 17 percent I, I had a landing spot, but then I remembered one of my favorite prospects is going to be there uh, and healthy. Um, I was going to say, you know, kind of keeping on there, getting a couple veterans to go with all their youth. I was going to say maybe San Diego because they had Spangenberg in there, but I love Luis Urias. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I well, I'm, here, here, here's an interesting that. one. We were talking about if the Yankees uh, sign, uh, oh sign God. Machado and God. trade yeah. and you are. You know, if they've got to fill in for if they need a second baseman, and then could you not see just 
the way he is, the personality, the ability to adapt, could you not see Dozier maybe moving over to first base at some point? Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm thinking. So you trade God, I would and you get Kluber, and State. then you can put him at second until uh, until Didi's ready to come back and then slide him over to first? God, that'd be hot. I mean, and now we're talking about, yeah, a guy like Brian Dozier in, in that lineup. Plus, they give him, they give the team some extra OBP. Mm-hmm. What about um, going on my, you know, young team uh, trying to get the established veteran in there? What about the White Sox? Well, where are you going to play him? Because you've got Anderson and Mikata. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at roster resource they had. Oh, sorry. I looked at Yomer Sanchez. I saw the three BS two B. I'm a dummy. I just I, so, I was like not Yomer Sanchez. I I had Moncada at third in my mind. I mean, you could move Moncada to reversed. third, back True, to third, and play no, Dozier no. there. I don't... It, it it doesn't make as much sense. I was saying replace Yomer Sanchez. No, no, they're going to keep Moncada Anderson as their. I mean, their... unfortunately, Cleveland is breaking every. It seems to be breaking everything down because you could slide Ramirez the third full time and put Dozier at second. That would be true. Uh, maybe the Angels. But I know they've got that. That's who I thought. Jamie Jones is coming up from the minor leagues too, and well, I don't and think that they've got money. Are they going to keep exactly? Are they going to keep pouring in money um, with the way you know things have been going? I mean, the thing of it is, if they had some health, they'd have been a better team. Like they really got bitten by health last year. That Angels team had was poised to be, I think, a, a wild card contender. They still went eighty oh, and eighty. I, I, I've I've got the answer. Let's hear it. Nationals. Oh yeah. Oh, that's too perfect. Yeah, there, there, there's your answer. It's the national. That's the winner. Yeah, that's because the winner. especially Sorry, if, they, if they don't get if they don't get uh, Harper back, they've got a ton of money to spend. Yeah. they've got holes to fill in that infield right now. Howie Kendrick is projected to be their opening day second baseman. No, I'm I'm in on that. And 100%. I know they've got Carter Keyboom, but then you can't. Uh, he's a shortstop though. Uh, I think he's gonna end up playing second. Oh, okay. Because okay. you got Trey Turner. You do, yeah. You have Turner so, there. I wonder if maybe move Turner back to the outfield. If, if who, Keyboom, who are you going to bump out of the outfield then? Because they've got Soto, uh, Eaton, and Robles. Oh God, I forgot about Robles. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like it though. I don't think you have to. I don't think you count on Keyboom for next year that you can't well, bring you in. You can't count on Ryan Zimmerman being able to. I was going to say that all year. We also have the first base path for for uh, for him there for for Dozier. But that's in Washington, a team that is looking to compete, is going to need to spend, is going to spend some money because if they don't get Harper back, if they get Harper back, for whatever. Sure. But and Zimmerman's on like his last year, by the way, because he has an eighteen million dollar team Perfect. option for twenty twenty. No way. Um, and so you could put Dozier at first base next year, uh, next year being uh, twenty twenty. Excuse me. And and yeah, that that's the answer. I think that's the number one. That's the leader in the clubhouse right now. Dozier to the Nats. I like it. All right, uh, briefly, back to Colorado real quick. Just because I wrote about him, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on him because I think he's an interesting guy. David Dahl was somebody that I was really jazzing myself up about. I moved him way up my board. I'm like, I'm getting him in this draft. I can't wait. And then Matt Modica said, no, you're not, nerd. Grab a seat and took him with the 64th pick, which – you know, I didn't. I, I didn't hate because I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I wasn't ready to take him with my fifth round pick. Um, when I when I ended up taking who did I get in that round? Oh, Matt Chapman. So I got another Spore favorite. Anyway, um, but yeah. So I'm I'm not even hating on the pick. But what I ended up doing was I wrote him up in a a half season hero profile and kind of tamped myself down a little bit. I still like the prospects, 
But I, after a little deeper dive, I, I kind of had the range of like he could be Ronald Acuna on, on like the, the best case scenario all the way down to Gregory Polanco because of his swing and miss, because of, uh, and of course, the health that he's had. And what that spanned on the ESPN player rater, just to kind of give an idea, was from 57 to 114. And so I'm a little bit more cautious on Dahl. Uh, and I mentioned that, okay, if he goes in the too early mock ADP, 148, that's great. That's not going to happen. But if you jump him a couple rounds, say 110, 120, Okay, I don't think he's going to land at the 64 spot that Modica had him. I think he's going to beat the 115, 120. It's going to be more of 75 to 100. So if David Dahl is consistently going in that range, are you in? If he's going 80-ish, I'm probably in. I just can't rationalize the 64. Yeah, and he's going to be on every sleeper list, as I mentioned, and he's not a sleeper. Don't don't put him on your sleeper list. Wide wide awake sleeper. Wide freaking awake. uh, Because, yeah, anybody going in the top 75 is not a sleeper. Really, anybody going in the top 150, stop calling him a sleeper. I just I can't say. Agreed. You know, we call this the sleeper and the bust because, obviously, I am going outside of the top 200. <laughs> we shouldn't call anybody. Neither the two hosts don't get any sleep, so nothing mm. should. <laughs> it's it's ironic. Yes, that is an I- ironic name. But yeah, I, I like I, Dahl. Like I said, I was super jazzed, but I, I tamped it down a little bit. I love doing that further dive. From a straight skills perspective, if we were talking straight skills, I would say that he should be going in the fourth round. Maybe. Well, yeah. Because of what he can do power speed wise in freaking Colorado. Exactly. In that lineup, uh, it's it, he is fantastic. And I, you know, there, I mean, there definitely are some questions. He did swing outside of the zone quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I think that 270 may be a little bit high. Um, but I think he will walk more. I think the initial sample that we saw of 7%. Um, uh, is kind of a floor in terms of his ability to walk. So I, but at the same time, it's all about health for him. Dude has never been able to stay on the no, field. Never. You know what his average games are? Take out his first year after being drafted because that's not mm-hmm. a full season. Even take, taking that out, he's averaging 80 games a year. Yeah. That's his high is 119. Mm hmm. And I, the Steamer and depth charts both project him for over 140. I just don't know how you can do that. He's never health. I is would a love skill. it, but it's not going to. Yeah, health is a skill, and he's never shown that skill. No, I, I agree. I agree. So if it's in the 80 range, I'm still in. I'm still going to get some shares. But what you know, this is one of those. This happens a lot in, in the Arizona Fall League thing, where I come in with some preconceived notions of guys that I think I'm going to be all in or all out on, and you start to. Start to make those changes. And it happens all winter, by the way. You know, and that's why people say, well, why do you do ranking update from November to December? What changed? They didn't play. It's like, well, I did more analysis. And and I had, you know, some I considered some things that I wasn't considering, you know, b- before that. So uh, with with Dahl, I, I tamped it down a little bit. I, I tapped the brakes. I still like him. I'm still going to get some shares. But I went from saying I was going to be the plant my flag and, and get crazy with him to more of like, let me get a couple, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be taking him if if he's going. If, if planting the flag requires regularly taking him 64th, it ain't gonna be me. 
and I mean Matt's a super smart guy, and this is definitely oh Matt Matt's a beast. Matt, yeah, Matt Matt's you know on the same level as CTM baseball. Yeah, the same level as Clay in terms of crushing leagues, and yes, you know every time I'm in a draft with him, he seems to crush my queue. Oh, he obliterated it, and and just listen, uh, uh, he took a, he's the one who took Acuna at four, mm-hmm. and I don't hate it. I, I wouldn't have done it. I don't think it's unjustifiably ridiculous. Because this is ridiculous. draft champions, right? So there's an exactly. overall component, and so what you're hoping is that the you know a guy like David Dahl put if David Dahl puts together 150 games next year, he's Watch going 30 20. Yep, and he's got Acuna, and then he went Nola Bueller Paxton, obliterating oh my, my cue, Dahl Robles. Uh, and then started to back it up with some solid veterans, Will Myers and the aforementioned Jonathan VR. Oh then got God. some saves love- from Rysel Iglesias. Okay. So I don't necessarily love where he gets David Dahl, but I love his draft. The, the, the team is great, exactly. Yeah, so so. Um, I like Dahl. I think we both like him. We're not going to go fully all in, but I think we're both going to be fighting for some shares. He's also a guy that I'm, you know, and I don't, maybe I'm going to put out ranks like these this year, I think. Um, Maybe uh, do different ranks for different size leagues because David Dahl in a ten-team league, I'm going to draft a lot higher. Like oh, because you can replace them easily. Yeah, the replacement value is, is available, and you're, yes. you're going to get those stats like you were talking about with uh, with Vlad. It's not like Clay's going to take a zero in his lineup until Vlad comes up. So if Vlad doesn't come up for all of April, he's not getting no ca- uh, uh, no, no stats. He's going to fill it in with someone. Well, with David Dahl, it's the same thing. He's going to miss time. Mm-hmm. But in a league, in a 10-team or a 12-team league, uh, you can replace him. You can replace those stats a lot easier than you with can something in a 15-team league or, or, or NL only, like, you know, kind of the leagues that I tend to play on. Play yes. In. So I, I think I may switch around the way I do my ranks this year and do separate rankings. Or... For- Maybe you do pieces, a couple pieces on. Here's, uh, yeah, you know, here, here fifteen to twenty pitchers that, that I would guys. boost up in in shallower leagues. Mm-hmm. Here's fifteen to twenty hitters I would boost up in shallower leagues because replacement level is higher. I definitely like something like D- that. Dibs on that article. That's fine. I, I like it. I can't wait to read it. Um, and Dahl would definitely be up there for me. All right, let's uh, let's keep going here. I think you put Brad Hand on the list here. Uh, mm-hmm. In the ninth round, is this because you like Brad Hand? I do like Brad Hand. I love Brad and Hand. Cody okay, Allen's for, for gone. Yes, uh, so he's their closer. Andrew yeah. Miller's gone too. Andrew Miller's gone. He's gone now. The only part that is a little concerning is if Cleveland goes into a full tank mode. Oh yeah, that's true. Because they did say that they they're, they're going to trade some. They're pieces. answering on on, on I almost uh, wonder, pieces. and I can't remember who brought this up because this is someone else said this uh, uh, that there is a chance that they're going to sell pieces. But they can do it because they can afford to with how bad that division is. Yeah. So they can afford to sell pieces and still run away with this and division. And still be good. Exactly. <laughs> they, I think it's more of a retool than it, than yes. it is a, a uh, sell-off. Hey, because let's they have get rid of some of these older pieces. We have depth. We've got uh, Bieber and Clevenger yeah. and Bauer. You know, Bauer's not super young, but he's only going to be age and 28. Before Kluber with... falls off the cliff completely, let's yep. get some value back. Um, we know that hey, we don't need to win 100 games in this division. To, I think to 65 make gets it done. 65 yeah. wins. I, yeah, I was I was thinking <laughs> 70, <division> but sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad. But yeah, I love hand. 
uh, he's definitely somebody that I'm I'm going to be looking and, at as my primary he closer. Like, he goes, you know, behind all these. Uh, I think he went behind Ken Giles, if I'm not mistaken. He, he did, and he was um, he was who I was targeting mm-hmm. um, in that ninth round, and and there was a little bit of a closer run before it got to my picks. So they they decimated my queue. I was still happy with who I got, but they went hand. He opened the ninth round, then Iglesias to the aforementioned Modica, who I love uh, too. Sean Doolittle, I, I, I like him as well. Doolittle. And so that left me with Kirby Yates, who I like. Mm-hmm. And I actually, um, the other guy I got was Jose Leclerc. Those are my two closers. I could have reversed them and I'd have been okay with that. Obviously, they're both on poor teams, although I do think there's a little green arrow next to uh, San Diego and probably the red arrow next to Texas. I think they're, they could go down another level before they boost back up. But San Diego is inching upward. Um, and I'm not afraid of closers on bad teams. Um, I'm not here because they can still get their 35 saves and Kirby Yates has a 38% strikeout rate the last two years uh, with that splitty. So it's all about skills and safety. Exactly. Like, I don't think there's anybody who is challenging Kirby Yates. At uh, least not for the first half. Yes. And I don't think there's anybody challenging Brad Hand. Exactly. Well, they just got rid of the top two challengers to free agency, Allen and Miller, and I don't think they're going to bring either back. If they're trying to save money, it wouldn't make sense to get those guys who I think they could get. I like them for maybe like an Adam out of Vino so that they have their righty ace, their lefty ace in the in the bullpen. But Adovino is not somebody who comes in and automatically takes a closer job, particularly when Brad Hand has done the gig before. Like we know he can go out there and be a 30 plus save guy. He saved 32 games this year, 21 back in 17. So I like him. We are in accord there. We'll definitely be fighting for him soon in the uh, pitcher list mock as it gets into those middle rounds. Let's jump back out to Colorado real quick because I want to get your thoughts on a guy that I took that I was really excited to because, listen, there's still no better thrill than trumping somebody who you view as a rival in the league and and having them exclaim an expletive uh, when you take a pick. And that is exactly what happened when James Anderson – Yelled out a curse word. It cursed me for taking Garrett Hampson. And I couldn't have been more thrilled. I love the pick on its face. But to also piss off somebody as sharp as James Anderson pleases me to no end. I'm very excited about Hampson. He's a true speedster. DJ LeMayhew's gone. Playing time should be there. How do you feel about 24-year-old Garrett Hampson? Oh, man. So the, the, the exact same thing happened to me in the Dynasty League that I'm drafting right now. I had Garrett Hampson all queued up. I was about to take him. I went a different direction uh, with my pick, thinking, oh, Hampson will make it back around to me in the uh, in the seventh round. And he went. And then I screamed because there will run about six second basemen off the board, and I still don't have a second baseman You know, a few rounds <laughs> later in a 30-team draft, so it's going to get really ugly no. <laughs> really quick. I ended up with Ross Stripling as my... Hey, I took Ross Stripling in that league, too. Yeah, so I got Ross Stripling at 195 instead of Garrett Hampson, uh, who went a few picks ahead, but uh, I love what Garrett Hampson could be. Now, there's obviously some risk, and... The Rockies have talent that they could put in there eventually, but I think Hampson starts with a job day one. And there's no reason to think, considering his profile, that he can't keep it. Yeah, I mean, I really... 300 all throughout the minor leagues. He steals bases. He walks. He doesn't strike out. 
Um, yeah, he struck out 25% of the time at the majors last year. It was a really small sample, only 40, tiny sample, only 48 plate appearances, but in, in the minors, he, he never struck out 18% or more. He always struck out under 18%. Uh, he always had, you know, nine to double digit walk rates. Uh, he, even in the short sample where he struck out a quarter of the time, he walked almost 15% of the time. Wow. So he's going to get on base and he's going to run. I mean, what don't you like about that? And uh, I think the only thing that I really dislike about this pick is the fact that it's going to illuminate him a little bit more. <laughs> his price is going to continue. He's going to get, I mean, he's not going to go where Albies went, but Hampson by draft day will be going. Uh, where'd you get him? The I got him 170 was the exact pick yeah, number. Yeah, he's going to be going 120 by by the time we get to March. I think so. And, and I, that, I, that actually, I know me. so because I'm going to be paying that. Yeah. I, I'm I'm open to still paying at that price because I, I really like what Garrett Hampson can be. By the way, quick aside, just as a, a, a selfish thing here and kind of a self-roast, I guess, because I just misread the information. I didn't know that uh, – I took Cespedes after that, and there was some derision yeah. on that pick. I didn't know that he's like toast. Like he's not going to be playing for a while. I, he's I, not going to play until at least July. I didn't have the, the the info wasn't updated. I knew about the heel surgery. I'm not an idiot. Like I understood that he had heel surgery. I thought he was going to be back by May. I thought yeah. I thought he got the heel surgery in October. Yeah, it, like early October. It was like late. It got delayed. It was like either uh, I I was eyeing him actually in this dynasty draft, and then I I went and double checked. Oh, Went to go double check what his uh, what his ETA was, and I'm like, oh nope, going off, coming off my list. Yeah, I mean, it was pick 191, and the 191st pick uh, is not... often, you know, can be cut in a league, and yeah. I, it won't be cut in this league. It's a 50 round draft and hold. But I'll draft somebody, you know, in in rounds 24 it, to at least to 30. you still have rounds to draft, and you're not like stuck with him with no backup because like what exactly. happened to me in a couple draft and holds this year was. So many of my guys got injured, I couldn't field full lineups. If you think you're being super keen and like really getting everybody, it, it, basically the bottom line is if it feels too good to be true, mm-hmm. double check because it may yes. it may well be, especially in a Shark Tank like that. That that mm-hmm. draft is so tough. And I was like, well, did they just not like the old guy here? I mean, this feels pretty Sometimes good. You're I don't the sucker, miss yeah. The yeah, if you can't spot the sucker in the first. What is it? Hour at the table. Uh, you are the sucker. Yeah, the, exactly. the rounders quote there. Um, and so that was me on that pick. So a little self roast there. But uh, I backed it up with Ramon Laureano, who I really like. We don't have to get into him. But my outfield is Harper, Judge, Stupid Cespedes, Laureano, and then Kyle Tucker. So if those two youngsters mm-hmm. jump up and perform near the higher level that I can expect, I like that Tucker pick. Yeah, they. That was another expletive ridden one from uh, from from James, and he got. That what you just said about getting cute with Hampson, thinking that you could wait. Mm-hmm. He he did that thing with uh, with Tucker saying, "Oh no, I'm gonna get him." And he does that thing where you psych yourself into like, "Oh, I'm getting this pick right here. Yeah. Like this is happening." This is mine. And then yeah. you're just devastated when he's taken. I did that. Um, who was it? I think it was Devers. Where I was like, "Oh, let me just wait. I'll get him. No problem." Mm-hmm. He went, and uh, that was when I took Yates. And considering I had Yates and LeClerc 
so close. I should have just said, let me get Devers now, and it comes back, and if one of them goes, I can get my closer. So Yeah, I just I, did it with Andrew Heaney in, in this dynasty draft. So it was, uh, I it was sucks. so excited. I was like, oh, man, Andrew Heaney in a 30-team league is going to be my, like, fourth starter. I'm smoking these fools. And, and, like, this is, this is going to be great. And literally uh, James Lewis uh, from my site, he, he sniped, sniped him right in front of me. Um, and I, I'm still not over it. I, I ended up going, taking a prospect because uh, it's a dynasty league and you need prospects. And uh, I need something to trade when I'm competing for the championship this year. But Ooh, you dropped the hammer there. Yeah. yeah so, All right, but, let's... yeah, it was uh, brutal. Let's run all the way to the other end on on the draft spectrum in terms <laughs> from, of from young hype, and, and, youth and all that excitement to crusty old Miguel Cabrera, who went in the thirteenth round. Um, you know, I didn't hate the pick. You might not like it as much based on what you said because you said you were looking late later for him I just when you couldn't find him on the he draft would go board. Later, because uh, so th- this dynasty draft I'm in is is a is about to finish. The ninth round, so that, thirty team nine nine rounds. Yeah, so we're it, it's literally on the last pick of the ninth round. My goodness. Um, and Miguel Cabrera has not been taken. Yikes! And, and he I went. Know, I know it's a dynasty draft, so everything skews bit younger, and so I was actually a little surprised when I saw that Cabrera, or that I didn't see Cabrera towards the bottom of the draft mm-hmm. uh, that you guys did. <sighs> He's supposed to be ready for spring training. Correct. But this is what we went through last year with him. And then at least he went down and you know got the surgery. Got surgery, got health, you know, is is looking to get healthy. He played through 130 games last year. This year only 38, like the season was lost. Hopefully this is a recharge year. Because depth charts and steamer has pretty nice projections on him. I mean, 25, 26 home runs, 282, 368, 479. Now, the triple slash I can get behind the the 649 plate appearances, I think, a little aggressive, um, considering it's been Mm -hmm. 511, 679, 529, 157. He's going to be 36. But even if you give me, I say, 500 in the 13th round with that triple slash, I like that. If he gets 500 plate appearances, how many home runs is he hitting? 22, 21, 22. Is that what you want at At corner? Yes, corner. Yeah. Take him in the 13th round, he better be your corner. A first base is not very good, by the way. It is is a little bit barren, but that's your corner in the 13th round, I would assume. You know what's amazing this year? In terms of infield, we've gone from, what, five years ago, you could not find a shortstop, and shortstop is by far this deepest position. Correct. Um, it's wild. It's, I mean, complete turnaround. So this is uh, Richard Temkin who took him. Tigers fan, by the way, but, you know, didn't want to play homer. Was was very, you know, cautious to get too hung up. Let me see. Did, and he I has think, bottom. And, and, so and, it is his corner for sure. Yeah, and I think that... It, I'm, I'm, I don't hate the pick. Here's the part I hate about it is five rounds later, you get Miguel Sano. I mean, there's a lot more risk to Miguel Sano and is not there? nearly the upside. Absolutely. There's no chance. There's no chance his batting average is anywhere near Miggy's. 
Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That that's true. But so no I'll trade a few homers. He's hitting forty home runs. You think? True, but. It's not a very big chance that Sano is Who either. Who plays more games next year, Miguel Cabrera or, or Miguel, Miguel Sano. Sano? That is a good question. Because that's am... what it comes down to, right? We've got uh, health issues with Miggy. We have with both. We ha- and then what, with Sano, you've got health, performance, and legal issues. Correct. Wait, is that still? I thought that was done is is well i mean he ran someone over oh wait whoa, whoa, whoa. i was talking about the sexual assault thing no he ran someone over in the dominican republic a cop he, he shouldn't have done that no yeah he ran let me be over the first to say and that... broke the dude's leg ran someone oh over so like i mean they're like like serious legal issues i i miss that I miss oh that. yeah this was about a month ago uh wow. Yeah, no, he uh, he was he. They tried to stop him at a checkpoint at like three o'clock in the morning, while he, I believe, he was driving drunk, um, and uh, he refused to stop. The cop tried to get in the way of his car, and he ran the cop over. Okay, man. Like I'm, I don't want to try to soapbox here and get too pissed, but like the fact that these like these 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 athletes who still drive themselves. Mm-hmm. Like how stupid do you have to be that you can't just find the one friend in your friend group who's like me who doesn't drink? Yeah, it was say, October seventh. You're driving, guy. Here's X amount. It doesn't have to be some exorbitant cash. They put guys on payroll for much lesser things. This is actually something that is important. And I'm sorry, <sighs> like I don't want to. I'm not trying to make light of of this at all. Um. If I'm a team, I am not. I, I am putting in contracts that players cannot drive in the Dominican Republic. Oh, I mean, it's it's we just treacherous. had another guy die. Yeah, uh, uh, a Cincinnati, Cincinnati minor, minor leaguer die because the roads are so bad and there aren't speed limits and not properly lit and people are dying over there all the time. Uh, just just driving down the road like. You need to be telling these players you are not allowed. If you go to the Dominican Republic, you will have a driver. We will pierce your driver, especially a guy like Miguel Sano, who's got you know, who's gotten paid. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is not an option. Uh, so it doesn't. I, it I just doesn't just make any sense. Out of Miguel Sano. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, but okay. So I, again, I did not. I, that slipped my radar. And once you brought it up, I was like, okay, now that now it rings a bell, but it had slipped my radar for sure. I was already leaning Miggy Cabrera, and I'm sticking there. Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm right like, there with you. I, I, I think I forgot about it, even though I knew about it. What uh, I like about Miggy, um, and obviously we're talking about two Miguel, so Miggy, I'm talking about Cabrera. What I like about Cabrera is one of the hardest things to find late in a draft is batting average, and mm-hmm. I really do think that you're still going to have batting average, even if the power isn't to the degree that you'd like with Cabrera. Um, I mean, even last year... Victor Martinez is gone, he can just DH now, right? Can find DH, exactly. And so that's going to be helpful. So I think I'm actually going to be in on Cabrera. I mean, that, that's not really surprising anybody. Will you be I'll... in on him at in the 13th round? Yes. Okay. I was, I was going to say I'd even be up if, if, it, if it bumps up a couple rounds. I could see the 11th round. Now, we'll see how it goes over the over the winter. And if, uh, I think spring would get a boost. If he comes out healthy and he's lacing the ball around the way he's wanting to do. Supposedly he's going to start baseball activities next month. 
that pleases me. So that that he is supposedly on track to start baseball activities in December. I I am planning to not get great power. Um, you know, I'm, I'm planning for high teens, low twenties homers, but give me batting average late in a draft for Miggy at my corner. I will take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then fittingly, we'll end on a, on a tiger. Another one. Uh, you liked Michael Fulmer. It's weird seeing all these tigers towards the bottom of a draft. Shut your. I'm just. It, it, at least your team has got guys in the draft. I did. Just, did a giant actually, get drafted? I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure a couple did, but yeah, at least we're getting a few taken. Castellanos. I'm sure Posey up, went. I, yeah, Posey definitely went, but I'm trying to think like who else would be taken. Hunt, um, Hunter Strickland or Will Smith? One of them Luke went. Bumgarner went. Bumgarner, of course, went. But I bet but you that's it. Is that it? Oh no, no. Uh, I do have gone. Closer. Um, that's why I said Will Smith or Strickland. Yeah, Will Smith, I'm sure went. Uh, but but not that many. There were probably more Tigers taken. <laughs> it's it, it's not good. This for is going to be team. a really depressing podcast next season. Uh, for our, both of our team, we'll just we're, we're gonna be about. so just locked in on all the other guys. Because, exactly, yeah. we're gonna be we're gonna be dialed in because we're not gonna, wasting any time yeah. watching our clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, but Fulmer at the twenty first. I mean, obviously, my Fulmer love is very well known, so you know I like this pick. But let's get it from an outsider here, saying that uh, that you you feel pretty good about this pick as well. I you know, obviously, last year was a struggle, ended with injury, but. At the twenty-first round, it can't hurt you. That's the thing. It's just, it, it just, it can't, it can't bite you in any way here. So, how do you feel about Fulmer twenty-first round? Maybe this is just a, a product of the glob, and you know, people placed yeah. him lower in the glob that uh, than I would. But I just, it, maybe it is a little name value too. But I just felt like uh, it's a steal in the twenty-first round, and I'm so. surprised that he wasn't on your team. Well, the, okay, so I, I don't do this often, but sometimes I want to let a guy go a little bit longer to oh, see yeah. if he gets I do it in mock drafts kind all the time. See what's what. And this is a real draft. And so it was getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I, you know, this keeps going. The one pick that I, I should have taken him for, because uh, I know Trevor Rosenthal signed with the Nats. And, you know, I've always liked Trevor Rosenthal. I don't think he's going to steal that job from Doolittle, though. And I probably shouldn't have taken him. I could have taken him in the in the slow draft part in, in January. I took him in the 20th round. That would have been the spot to take Fulmer. Um, but instead, I went with with, uh, with with Rosenthal. I just went, kind of wanted to see where he went. So 21st round. And it wasn't an, a, an arm injury, which I like. You know, you don't like any injuries. You don't like any. But it was a uh, torn torn meniscus in the, in the right knee that, that put him out for the year. And, you know... We saw the issues third time through, and I swear to God, when he comes back next year, if any of you clowns tweet me when he's in the fourth, third or fourth inning of like, you know, a no hitter with six strikeouts, I'm gonna shank you because until he's through the third time or has at least started the third time, don't talk to me about it because that's his biggest issue right now. And last year, the changeup just really wasn't there. The fastball would degrade that third time through, and you saw a jump of a hundred, or excuse me, 214 points from 701 second time through OPS to 915, and that was absolutely brutal. However, that's something that's fixable in one of multiple. Uh, multiple ways. You can either improve, obviously, get his pitches back and just be better, or they can start to pull him earlier and not 
let him go. And obviously that'll cut into his innings, but it'll make the ratios better. So I still like Fulmer. He's going to be 26. I, I still see strikeout upside here. I know I've been preaching that for a little while now, but it's not like he's been around forever. We're talking a couple of years that I've been saying that there's more stuff here to get strikeouts. And there's even a swinging strikeout rate or swinging strike rate that suggests that he can get more strikes. Uh, so I still like Fulmer in the 21st. Like I said, can't hurt you. I, I don't know who who had the second pick in this draft, and that he went he went in the uh, he went to that guy second. Oh, pick that the, was the same guy who took uh, Miggy. That was Dick Temkin. He listens to the okay. show, so uh, uh, I don't yeah, you, love what he did in terms of his first two pitchers, but man, he crushes it. At the end of this draft, with his pitchers, Gib- Kyle Gibson and the he, he took round. a landscaper though. He took Kyle Gibson, Carlos Rodon, and Michael Fulmer in 1920-21. Yeah, you know, like it's he he got his ace. Now I, I'm not a big fan of Cindergard, um, and I'm down a uh, big fan of Bumgarner for for next season. But he got his aces, and then mm-hmm. he just loaded up on offense. Look at his offense: Mookie Betts, Chris Bryant, Joey Votto, Segura. Peraza, uh, Mazzara, uh, like that's a really nice start to that offense. Um, I like then, I like his Ramos pick too in the eleventh. Good, uh, very few mm-hmm. good catchers. He got one of them. By the way, he's strong in this every year. He's yeah. one of the better players in this draft. I like his draft, um, so I'm not even surprised to see that his first twenty three is looking really sharp. Um, you said you, know, his, you said his name was Dick. Yeah, yeah, great job, dude. Uh, yeah, Dick Temkin, he's a total stud. He goes out to have pass every year, uh, and he is is really sharp. And he was saying, you know, he felt like it was kind of a boring draft. He was getting stuck with a lot of the veterans, but that's where the value was. Yeah. And that that that's what happens in this draft. This is known Everybody's for a— so hyped on prospects because This is a junk-on-the-table draft. Guys want to <laughs> – I mean, that's what it is. That, uh, sorry to be crude, but that's, that's what it is. Guys want to show off and, and take their young guys, and it's going to leave some of these strong veterans to just kind of fall. And Dick was there to say, you know what? I'm going to take them, and I'm going to beat you guys again. Because, like I said, he regularly performs well. So I'm eager to see how his draft finishes up. And uh, we will talk about it in January when some picks start to go. The reason I love to be at the back end of the draft, by the way, I, I, I always aim for 15. It's not just I like 15. I wouldn't just do it for this one reason. But the added bonus for me is that the way this draft is split, right? We do the 23 oh, you here get the in November. First pick of the... Yes. Oh. You get the first pick after two-plus months of the dust settling, there's always some guys who are worth way more. Oh, no, you're 11. I'm 11. So I'm going to have the fifth pick. But there's there's guys who are worth way more than a 23rd rounder. By the time there's some trades, some signings, this, that, and the other. People start deep diving into stats and start going, oh, wow, wait, wait, we we didn't see this before, yeah. And that's why I like having the 15th because I get that first pick. It's usually like a stud closer or you know some prospect who's now has his path cleared or something. And so I'll have the fifth pick. I'm cool with that. But uh, this is always a fun draft, and I thought this is a good way to talk about some players that we're both interested in for next year. Next year. And next so, year I'll right. be there. You absolutely will, and you got to get in this draft because it's a total, total shark tank, and adding you will only make it more fun. Uh, so it'll it'll be a lot of fun. I think uh, next week we'll talk, uh, obviously, some more players. This is kind of what we're going to do is just you know start diving in on different players. I think we'll do a little bit more pitching focus because this okay. was uh, we got a lot of hitters here, and maybe we'll dive in on some uh, ladder 
latter top 100 pitchers because I think we focused a lot on that upper middle class. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the uh, lower middle class and even some late round guys and get into that next week. If, if I have time, I will try to do my top 100 and we can uh, kind of work from the bottom up. That sounds great. That, that'll definitely work. But we will be back next week. I also have uh, Fireside and a solo. So back to three episodes next week. <laughs> and I'll be uh, recording with Jason. Oh, there you go. So uh, it'll be it'll, this Sunday or next Sunday. Uh, hopefully this Sunday. I, I, oh, okay. I, I haven't hit him oh. up since he got back from Arizona. But uh, uh, sun, this Sunday is my last uh, day at my regular job before I'm on paternity leave for and two months. Yeah, so, yes, a little paternity uh, leave. So you'll be. Well, hey, does that mean you'll be available for maybe some like day casts? I could pretty much be available whenever my wife lets me be available. Now that could open up some things. Maybe okay. You know what? Listen, I know some of you do traveling for the holidays, and you kind of save podcasts up like a little squirrel, mm-hmm. storing some away for your travel. We might have even more for you. Maybe we'll maybe I'll we'll definitely do a, be a, taking a week off when my daughter gets back from the hospital, uh, sometime mid November ish. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I'm planning on recording. Uh, and not, things are progressing well with, yes, with your yes. daughter, right? And okay. Thank you to everyone who's reached out to me. Uh, she's doing really well. She is uh, four weeks old today. She was born ten weeks early, so still You're got so a little cool. ways to go, but uh, she's doing fantastically. So that's awesome to hear. Well, um, I'm gonna let you go. You guys go have a great weekend. I'm off to Lubbock, Texas. Why? To watch the Texas te- – that is a very <laughs> – anytime anybody says that, that should be the first question with a, a, a measure of disdain uh, because my lovely girlfriend went to Texas Tech. That's her alma mater. Mine is, the, of course, the oh, University well, of Texas. Oh, much better school than UT. All right, you garbage bag. That's the end of this podcast. We're going to watch our football teams play, and hopefully mine absolutely obliterates hers so I Neither can – Neither of them are any good, right? Okay. Listen here. We lost a tough game last week, and so, I know some people will... to to West Virginia, right? Yeah, to like eleventh ranked West Virginia. Mm, okay. Do I, you I, even follow college football? Well, my alma mater has not. Your butt right now, my alma mater has not lost a game. One because I haven't graduated college yet, and two, two because they don't have a team. They don't have a football team. Yeah, thank, <laughs> um, thank you. They uh, used to. They used to, but they they don't anymore. They got rid of it. Okay, so we're we're ranked. We're still 15th in one poll, 20th in the other. Get off my back. <laughs> Texas is not fully back. We're inching our way back. Um, but if we don't beat Texas Tech, I'm going to cry, and I'm going to have to deal with her obliterating me for an entire seven-hour ride, uh, seven ride Can't home. wait for that Twitch stream. Oh, that's actually a good idea. Although we'll be in the country. I don't know what kind of uh, – we'll be out, out in West Texas. I don't know what kind of uh, service we'll have, but that could be that could be kind of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to uh, message her and be like, hey, it, when you guys win, you need to Facebook Live the ride home. I, I, I hate you, and I preemptively hate her because of you. So I'm going to go and prepare myself for the potential that we lose to the team that has Zorro as their mascot. And, uh, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, take care.